section one of the inheritance this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the inheritance by susan edmonston ferrier volume one chapter one strange is it that our bloods of colour weight and heat poured all together would quite confound distinction yet stand off indifferences so mighty all's well that ends well it is a truth universally acknowledged that there is no passion so deeply rooted in human nature as that of pride whether of self or of family of deeds done in our own bodies or deeds done in the bodies of those who lived hundreds of years before us all find some foundation on which to build their tower of babel even the dark uncertain future becomes a bright field of promise to the eye of pride which like banquo's bloody ghost can smile even upon the dim perspective of posthumous greatness as the noblest attribute of man family pride had been cherished time immemorial by the noble race of rossville deep and incurable therefore was the wound inflicted on all its members by the marriage of the honourable thomas st clair youngest son of the earl of rossville with the humble miss sarah black a beautiful girl of obscure origin and no fortune in such an union there was everything to exasperate nothing to mollify the outraged feelings of the rossville family for youth and beauty were all that mrs st clair had to oppose to pride and ambition the usual consequences therefore were such as always have and probably always will accompany unequal alliances these the displeasure of friends the want of fortune the world's dread laugh and in short all the thousand natural ills that flesh is heir to when it fails in its allegiance to blood yet there are minds fitted to encounter and to overcome even these minds possessed of that inherent nobility which regard honour as something more than a mere hereditary name and which seek the nobler distinction open to all in the career of some honourable profession but mr st clair's mind was endowed with no such powers for he was a man of weak intellects and indolent habits with just enough of feeling to wish to screen himself from the poverty and contempt his marriage had brought upon him after hanging on for some time in hopes of a reconciliation with his family and finding all attempts in vain he at length consented to banish himself and the object of their contumely to some remote quarter of the world upon condition of receiving a suitable allowance so long as they should remain abroad the unfortunate pair thus doomed to unwilling exile therefore retired to france where mr st clair's mind soon settled into that state which acquires its name from the character of its possessor and according to that is called fortitude resignation contentment or stupidity there 
too they soon sunk into that oblivion which is sometimes the portion of the living as well as the dead his father's death which happened some years after made no alteration in his circumstances the patrimony to which he expected to succeed was settled on his children should he have any and a slender life annuity was his only portion the natural wish of every human being the weakest as well as the wisest seems to be to leave some memorial of themselves to posterity something if but to tell how their fathers thought or fought at least to show how they talked or walked this wish mr and mrs st clair possessed in common with others but year after year passed away and it still remained ungratified while every year it became a still stronger sentiment as death seemed gradually clearing the way to the succession at the time of his marriage mr st clair had been the youngest of five sons but three of his brothers had fallen victims to war or pestilence and there now only remained the present earl and himself both alike childless at length when hope was almost extinct mrs st clair announced herself to be in the way of becoming a mother and the emigrants resolved upon returning to their native land that their child might there first see the light previous to taking this step however the important intelligence was communicated to lord rossville and also their intention of immediately proceeding to scotland if agreeable to him at the same time expressing a wish that he would favour them with his advice and opinion as they would be entirely guided by him in their plans lord rossville was a man who liked to be consulted and to overturn every plan which he himself had not arranged and as mr st clair had spoke of taking shipping from bordeaux where they then were and so going by sea to scotland lord rossville in his answer expressed his decided disapprobation of such a scheme in mrs st clair's situation and in stormy winter weather but he enclosed a route by way of paris which he had made out for them with his own hand and directed them upon their arrival there to signify the same to him and there to remain until he had resolved upon what was next to be done as he had by no means made up his mind as to the propriety or at least the necessity of their returning to scotland the packet also contained an order for a sum of money and letters to some friends of his own at paris who would be of service to mrs st clair so far all was kind and conciliating and the exiles after much delay set forth upon their journey according to the rules prescribed by the earl but within a day's journey of paris mrs st clair was taken prematurely ill and there at an obscure village gave birth to a daughter which as mr st clair sensibly remarked though not so good as a boy was yet better than nothing at all as the salic law was not in force in the rossville family the sex of the child was indeed a matter of little consequence save in the eyes of those sturdy sticklers for man's supremacy its health and strength were therefore the chief objects of consideration and although born in the seventh month it was a remarkably fine thriving baby which mrs st clair contrary to the common practice of mothers 
ascribed entirely to the excellence of its nurse they had been fortunate enough to meet with a woman of a superior class who having recently lost her husband and her own infant had readily adopted this one and as readily transferred to it that abundant stock of love and tenderness which those dealers in the milk of human kindness always have so freely to bestow on their nursling for the time mrs st clair's recovery was tedious and her general health she declared to be so much impaired that she could not think of encountering the severity of a northern climate instead of prosecuting their journey therefore they retired to the south of france and after moving about for some time finally settled there this was not what the earl had intended for although pride still opposed his brother's return to scotland he had at the same time wished to have the family somewhere within the sphere of his observation and control the more especially as having lately separated from his lady his brother's child might now be regarded as presumptive heiress to the family honours he had proposed and indeed pressed to have the little gertrude transmitted to him that she might have the advantage of being trained up under his own eye but to this mrs st clair would not consent she declared in the most polite but decided manner her determination never to part with her child but promised that as soon as her health was sufficiently re-established they would return to britain and that lord rossville should have the direction and superintendence if he pleased of the young heiress's education but some obstacle real or pretended always arose to prevent the accomplishment of this plan till at length mr st clair was struck with a palsy which rendered it impossible for him to be removed dead to all the purposes of life he lingered on for several years one of those melancholy mementos who with a human voice and human shape have survived everything human besides at length death claimed him as his own and his widow lost no time in announcing the event to the earl and in craving his advice and protection for herself and daughter a very polite though long-winded reply was received from lord rossville in which he directed that mrs and miss st clair should immediately repair to rossville castle there to remain until he should have had time and opportunity fully to digest the plans he had formed for the pupilage of his niece this invitation was too advantageous to be refused even although the terms in which it was couched were not very alluring either to the mother or daughter with a mixture of pleasure and regret they therefore hastened to exchange the gay vineyards and bright suns of france for the bleak hills and frowning skies of scotland End of section one.